Welcome to Whitewater Wesleyan Community Church, where we invite you to believe in Jesus, belong to his church, and become like him. Stay tuned for this week's message. So now it's Friday. Good Friday. But why do we call it that? Why would we give it that name? Do you think that the first disciples would have seen it that way? Do you think if you were there, you could have convinced them in the midst of these events that what was happening was any less than a tragedy? Until now, the crowds had been enamored with Jesus. They'd surrounded him and were in awe of his power and his authority as he healed and he taught. But now what they're seeing doesn't look like power at all. If you look at the response of, first of all, the religious leaders, Jesus had threatened their authority in the temple as he had always been a threat to their power over people to influence them. And so they'd always been intimidated by him until now, after they'd been able to try him. And so... Once they had decided that he must die, it was on their mind from then on. But now the tide had turned and the blasphemy charges of Thursday stuck. And so they had become a conviction and the conviction was now a death sentence. And Jesus seems powerless to stop them in their plight. Then there's Pilate. He's the one with the power to release one prisoner. And it almost seems as if he wants to release Jesus. He wants to let Jesus go. It's Barabbas that he wants to crucify. But it's not so much that he is a man of conscience or that it bothers him to murder an innocent man. It's more that he doesn't see Jesus as a threat. Jesus healed some people and taught people about love. He was not a big threat to the Roman Empire the way that Barabbas was. So it wasn't so much that Pilate didn't want to crucify Jesus, but he did want to crucify Barabbas because Barabbas held some power. And Jesus was just some harmless do-gooder, just some powerless teacher that was no threat at all. And what about the crowd? They had watched as Jesus had encountered the religious leaders. They had first thought that maybe there was something to this uh, charismatic leader who taught them so well and had fed the, the hungry and healed the broken. But now when it comes right down to it and they see that it seems like the religious leaders are getting the upper hand, they start to question whether he's really what they thought he was at the beginning of the week, the son of David coming to rescue them, or whether he was something else entirely. And so given the choice between Jesus and Barabbas the revolutionary, they see more hope and more power in what Barabbas brings to their situation. Barabbas is at least going to put up a fight against the Roman Empire. He's at least going to stand up for himself like a man. Healing and teaching are nice, 
but a hero needs to be able and willing to fight. So Jesus doesn't come off as powerful. He doesn't come off as powerful when he begs the Father in the garden to find another way. When he sweats great drops of blood and he seems to want to go a different direction. He doesn't seem powerful when they take him before the priests and the religious leaders and uh, they give their charges and even though they contradict themselves, he's silent. Or now before Pilate, when once again he's silent against all charges. He doesn't seem powerful. And then, after they scourge him and whip him and spit in his face, and they present him with his cross, he isn't even able to carry it all the way. And they got to get some guy named Simon of Cyrene to pick it up and carry it for him because he doesn't have the strength left to do it. He seems really bereft of power. And nothing in that scene looks victorious. Nothing in that scene seems like he is winning the battle against evil. then as they nail him and he hangs there and he suffers and he bleeds and his body is being drained of life, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Doesn't God the Father say he'll never leave us or abandon us? He'll never forsake us? But Jesus cries out, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Is it a moment of weakness for him that he's just broken down and, and because he's so beaten up, he says something that isn't actually true? We would be tempted to think that that's the case. Jesus looks weak and powerless. But is he powerless? There was a movie back in 1988 called Dominic and G Eugene. And in it, Dominic and Eugene, two brothers, are grown, and uh, Dominic's the older brother. He's between 35 and 40 years old, and uh, he's, he's mentally challenged. He operates at about the uh, age of seven years old, and so he's got a paper route, and he has a friend who's that age, and, and, and he's in his friend's house, and, and he witnesses this horrendous scene of violence by the father of the household. And, and as he's watching it, he backs away. And before they know it, Dominic has disappeared. And so has the young baby of the household. He snuck into the baby's room and he's gone away with the baby. And, and he's disappeared. And they end up looking for him. Eugene's looking for him. The authorities, the family of the baby, they're all searching for Dominic. And when Eugene finally finds him, he finds him sitting in the front row of the Catholic church with the baby in his arms, staring up at the crucifix, tears streaming down his face. So Eugene goes and he sits next to his brother and starts to talk to him. And Dominic, staring at the crucifix, says, if I was God, I wouldn't let him do that to my boy. 
He can't understand what he's seeing. And the first disciples, they wouldn't have understood what they were seeing. This looks like defeat. It looks like a tragic, tragic event. It looks like Jesus that they had pinned all their hopes on was now hopeless. That, that things had been so broken that now he was powerless to stop what is about to happen. And that the religious leaders and the establishment and the Roman Empire had all won and he had lost. So why do we call it Good Friday? How do we explain the violent death? And why did Jesus feel abandoned? Because he was. Because Jesus, who was very God of very God, same essence as God the Father, if you've seen one, you've seen the other, that Jesus, who had in eternity been one with the Father, was actually forsaken, abandoned, separated from God, because in that moment, he became sin. He became my sin. And he became your sin. So that God who cannot dwell with sin could not be close to him. And he felt the separation. And he went through the pain that was greater than any of his physical pain to know that separation for us. And the religious leaders and Pilate and the crowd, they all think power is something you wield, something that you take from others so that you have the power and they don't. And Jesus' power looks like weakness. His power is to give life, not to take it. He doesn't look like the warrior king of Psalm 2 and they can't recognize the kind of power that he's exerting. They don't understand what we as Christians have begun to understand. That what happened there at the cross was not defeat. It wasn't weakness. It wasn't empty or hollow or hopeless. That the hopes of the whole world were pinned there. And they're looking for a different kind of power, but that's not the kind of power that Jesus wields. He doesn't ride in and save the day like the kind of hero they're looking for. He chooses to sacrifice himself and to willingly give up his life and let them take it from him so that we can have life. And that more abundantly. And so Friday, Good Friday, asks us to choose to. Will we see his power at work? Will we understand his kind of power? Will we understand what Jesus meant when he prayed for us? That we would see his kingdom come.
will you see his power at work, not in conquest, but in sacrifice? Will you choose his humble ways and lay down your life in order to save it over the things that this world sees as strong? Will you follow him where he's going on Friday and know that he is the Lord of all? He is the hope of the world. He is the most powerful being in the universe. He is God. God nailed to a tree. God drained of blood and life to save us, to rescue us. Not the kind of rescue we see in action movies, but the rescue that is so deep and so profound that it calls us to his way of humble living and his path of humble sacrifice. Friday asks us if we understand something of who he is so that we can walk with him and show that we are his by the way that we sacrifice and the way that we serve. At the Last Supper, he had wrapped a towel around himself and washed their feet. That's not the kind of king they thought he would be. But it's the kind of king that they needed. And it's the kind of king that we need. King Jesus with his crown of thorns and his bleeding side and hands and feet. King Jesus, who is worthy of having followers and worshipers to follow him wherever he takes us and to choose the humble path rather than the sound of victorious triumph that they were looking for. Let's pray together. God, this morning as we have gathered and sung about the events of that first Good Friday, as we have reenacted symbolically your giving of your flesh and your shedding of your blood for us to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from the things that weigh us down and pull us from the life that you want to give us. We confess that it is hard for us to imagine what they did to you. And we confess that we do not fully understand, like the first disciples did not fully understand what you did there. But we do know you did it for us. And we know that it has the power to save us and to transform us and to change our lives forever. And so we ask you that it would be more than singing and more than symbolic acts, but that our hearts would be drawn to your sacrifice 
and that we would follow you in service to those around us, giving up our own desires to serve you and your kingdom and the people of the world that you love sacrificially. Thank you that you died for us, but thank you more than that, that you live in us and bring us real life, abundant life. Help us not to forget what it cost you or to treat it cheaply. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.